amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Bia, and welcome back to Cardiac Radio for Teens. For those of you who might not be familiar with Cardiac Radio for Teens, this is a place where teens come together with other teens, like myself, to talk about spiritist teachings and topics and make it make sense to us in today's society and the way we live today. Because even though this book isn't that old compared to the history that we know, it might still be very different for us to understand life in that time or the language of that time, or also just understanding the translation, because this book has been, especially now when we're translating the Spirits book, it's been translated from... French to Portuguese and then to English. So sometimes even just the translation makes it tricky to understand. So hopefully reading through, at least in this part that we're doing right now, reading through the Spirits book together piece by piece helps us to understand it and sometimes make sense of the big words and what they're really trying to say. So last week we started a new chapter of part two and this chapter is about the return to the corporeal life. So we were talking a lot in previous chapters about being in the spirit world and how it is there. So now we're turning now we're talking about returning to the corporeal life. So you disincarnated, you died from like life as we know right now, you went back to the spirit world and now you're getting ready to come back. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this return to the corporeal world. And we started off with a couple questions last week. So we're going to continue where we left off. And this specific part in the chapter is titled Preludes to the Return. And all that preludes means is the before. So we're talking about they haven't, the spirit hasn't gotten back to a world as we know it. They haven't gotten back to earth yet. They haven't gotten into life as we understand it here on earth. They are still in the spirit world and they're right before they're going to reincarnate. So what, that's what we're talking about. So we left off right on question 334. Is the union of a soul with a particular body predestined, or is the choice made at the last moment? So here they're asking, is a a soul, so they're talking about like the spirit, is the spirit, do they have a body, a specific material body that they're supposed to be with, like predestined, like predestiny, you hear a lot of people say, like, It's meant to be, you have a picked body that you need to be in, or does it just happen last minute, okay, this is your body, just put it together. And the spirit's answered. The spirit is always designated beforehand. In choosing the trial it wishes to undergo, the spirit asks to reincarnate, and God, who sees and knows everything, sees and knows beforehand that a particular soul will unite with a particular body. So what they're saying here is that it is planned before and that because God sees what we need to help us improve, so our body is not just going to be any random body. It's going to be a body that's going to help us to learn what we need to learn. 
to go to fix our mistakes or go overcome more obstacles. Question 335. Does the spirit have the right to choose the body it will enter, or does it only choose the kind of life it will serve as its trial? So does the spirit so the spirit gets to say, okay, right now I want to choose to overcome this obstacle or fix this mistake or do this and this and this. And they kind of get to pick that. So do they get to pick what kind of body they have or only what kind of trials they want to overcome? And the spirits answered, It may also choose its body because the body's imperfections will be the trials that will help it advancements if, if it overcomes the obstacles it encounters thereby. This choice is not always up to the spirit, but it may at least ask for it. So what they're saying here is that sometimes the spirit wants a particular body so that they can overcome something. Maybe in one life they made fun of and were really mean to someone that was blind or someone that had a different skin tone. So maybe their body, they'll come in that skin tone or come being blind or come with some thing that they're trying to make up for their mistakes or they're trying to like putting yourself in your shoes just as one instance. So... So maybe that's what the person wants to overcome. So they can ask for it and they can say, you know, I was really mean to that person and I want to kind of put myself in their shoes and make up for what I did. So they can ask for it, but it's not always that they are going to get that because, of course, like we were saying before, God knows beforehand what we need to improve ourselves. And then there's a second part to the question and it says, At the last moment, can a spirit refuse to enter the body that it has chosen? So can it refuse at the last second? Can it just be like, oh, no, nope, never mind. The spirit's answered. If it refuses it, it will suffer much more than one who had not understood, undertaken a new trial in the first place. So a spirit who kind of backs out last minute, they're going to suffer more than that spirit that just hasn't even gotten to that step yet. Maybe one spirit is in the spirit world, and they're saying, I'm not ready to reincarnate yet, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And they're just kind of, they're just kind of pushing it off, because they don't want to reincarnate yet. But, that one that refuses, the one that says, that he says, okay, I'm going to reincarnate, and then it's about to happen, they're like, no, 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 they're going to suffer more than those that are just pushing it off. Question 336. Could it happen that there might be no spirit who is willing to incarnate in a particular unborn child. So, they're asking here that, could it be that no spirit wants to be born in that circumstances, and or in a particular body? And the spirits answered, God would provide for this. When a child is to be born alive, it is always predestined to have a soul. Nothing is created without a design. So, a child isn't just gonna... So, God doesn't do stuff just to do stuff. He doesn't just create stuff just because he wants to. Everything has a reason. So, if he's creating this this child, of course he has a spirit in mind to be with, to reincarnate as that child. So, there's always a purpose to it. He's not just creating oh, maybe I'll create a baby here, maybe I'll create a baby here, but there's, they're not designed yet. He, everything has a purpose, and God knows that. 
Question 337. Can the union of a spirit with a particular body be imposed by God? So, can God kind of force one spirit and one body together? And the spirits answered, Such a union may be imposed in the same way as the spirit's other's trials, especially when it is not yet able to make a con conscious choice about the matter. Moreover, as an expiation, a spirit may be compelled to unite with the body of a particular child, who, by its birth and the position will have in the world, may become a means of punishment for that spirit. So, what they're saying here is that God may impose or he may force a certain spirit and a body to come together because sometimes the spirit, like we talk about when we talk about the hierarchy of the spirits, those who are very less evolved and they're all the way when we were talking about our pyramid, when they're all the way at the bottom, the least evolved, maybe they don't have, an, they haven't learned enough to know what's right for them. They don't really care what's right, what's wrong. They're just kind of living. So they wouldn't be able to make this choice for themselves. So then God, God kind of has to push it and be like, okay, you go in this body because that spirit can't make that choice for itself yet, can't make a conscious decision. Also, it may happen as an expiation. So like making up for a mistake because maybe a spirit might be in a particular body so that it can suffer and learn from its previous mistakes. So God may also impose this to be sort of a punishment for that spirit to learn through its mistakes. Question 338. If it just so happened that several spirits presented themselves to occupy the same body, how would the decision be made among them? So if all at once, a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of spirits are there and they say, okay, we all want that to go into that same body. How do they decide? And the spirits answered, many could very well request the same body, but in such case, it is God who decides which one is best suited to fulfill the mission for which the child is destined. But as I have already said, the spirit is designated for the instant in which it in which it is to join the body. So they're saying that okay, it could very well happen that many spirits are trying to go to the same body. They think that that body will help them overcome what they're trying to overcome. But in the end, it is going to be God who decides which one it will help the most, who will be best for this body. And of course, like they said, God does this before. He has everything planned out. He's thinking 10 steps ahead of us. So the spirit is already kind of designated to a body. So there kind of already is like a match. So if there is a whole bunch of people, but there's one person that's specifically supposed to be matched, then that person will be in that body. Question 339. Is the moment of incarnation accompanied by a state of confusion similar to the one following disincarnation? So we were talking about how when we disincarnate, when we die from this world, how there's a state of confusion because the spirit's confused about going back to the spirit world and... It's just confusing. So there's a little state of confusion and how long it is depends on our how evolved we are. 
So is there also, there are questions asking, is there also a state of confusion when you're re getting when you're reincarnating, when you're being born? And the spirit answered, The confusion is much greater and especially much longer. At death, a spirit escapes slavery. At birth, it enters it. So they say, yeah, there's a confusion and it's, so, it's much more and much longer. Because at death, the spirit is kind of like they're saying here, like they had, oh, let's say, terrible situation, slavery. And at death, they're leaving it. They're going away. But when they're born, they're being shoved right into it for a long time. So this state of confusion is much bigger than after at death. Question 340. Is the moment of incarnation a solemn one for the spirit? Does it accomplish it as something serious and important? So here when they say, is the moment of incarnation a solemn one? So by solemn, they mean formal and and dignified. So there, So is this something really serious and important for the spirit that's very formal to them? And the spirit's answered. The spirit is like a traveler embarking on a dangerous voyage, not knowing if he will meet death on the waves ahead. So they kind of didn't answer it very directly, the spirits, but they said, so this is like a spirit that, or think about any person going on a long journey, and it's dangerous. So like back before when there was only ships and you didn't know when the ships were coming back and you had no way to communicate. So... This was a dangerous voyage, and you didn't know what was going to happen, and it was kind of terrifying. So that's kind of how they treat it. So it is a very serious and formal kind of thing. It's not like throwing a party. And then after this, Allan Kardec put his own comment in, and he says, Travelers who set out on a voyage are aware that they will be exposed to dangers, but they do not know if they will run aground. The same applies to a spirit. It knows the kind of trials to which it will be submitted, but does not know if it will fail. So here, when they say, when the spirit said, if he will meet death, of course the spirit knows that, that they're going to meet death, because that's how this whole thing works. And the spirit already went through this many times, so they know that eventually they're going to die. But that's not really what their problem is, what their focus is. They're worrying about, I have trials to complete. I have things to get done. Will I fail or will I succeed? So that's what, for like, when they say death, it's kind of about failing their trials. And, the, and then Alan Kardec continues. Just as the death of a body is a kind of rebirth for the spirit, reincarnation is a kind of death, or rather, a kind of exile and confinement. It leaves the spirit world for the corporeal world, just as, after having been a human being, it leaves the corporeal world for the world of the spirits. A spirit, known that it will reincarnate, just as a human being knows that he or she will die. Like humans, however, the spirit only becomes aware of it at the last moment, when the appointed time has arrived. Then, in that supreme moment, confusion takes hold of it, similar to someone in the throes of death. This confusion lasts until a new existence is firmly established. 
Thus, the commencement of reincarnation is a kind of death throes for the spirit. So what they're saying here is that for the spirit, just like how we, we're very attached to our lives here, even though it's only for a very short period of time in the long run. But when people die, we get very sad. Or when you're close to death, then you get very sad because you don't want to leave behind everything that you know and all the good things that you know that you're leaving behind. You don't want to leave it behind. So being incarnated to a spirit is kind of like that. They're leaving behind everything they know, the spirit world and everything they're learning there, and they know they're going to suffer when they incarnate, but they need that to learn. But to them, it's kind of sad. They're thinking, oh, I'm leaving this behind, and I'm kind of being pushed away. I'm not going to be there for a while. So it is very serious and formal to them. Question 341. Is a spirit's uncertainty as to the probability of successful enduring the trials it will experience in life a cause of anxiety before its incarnation? So, does the spirit kind of get anxious? Do they have anxiety because, will I succeed? Will I fail? Will I succeed? Will I fail? Every trial, it's their thinking because when we incarnate, we don't know which specific trials we're trying to overcome. So they're just wondering, am I going to be able to see, succeed this? Am I finally going to get over this? And the spirits answered, It is a cause of great anxiety because the trials of its existence will either delay or hasten its evolution, depending on whether they are born well or badly. So what they're saying here is that depending on what they do, they're rather going to delay their evolution. They're never going to go backwards like we talked about. But they're going to delay it. They're going to have to, if they don't succeed, they're going to have to come back in a new life and try it again. And then if they don't exceed, succeed, they're going to have to come back and try it again and again and again until they get it right. But if they get it, then they're going to evolve a little bit more. And then they'll be able to move on to something else and evolve quicker. So it's really a big deal for them and for us. So they are very anxious because it's going to depend on where they're born, what their family's like, how their house is out, how they are. So they are very anxious going into this new existence. Question 342. At the moment of its reincarnation, is the spirit accompanied by spirit friends who come to assist it with its departure from the spirit world, just as they come to meet us when it returns? So they're saying when... When, like we talked about before, when a spirit dies from the corporeal world, from this material body, and goes back to the spirit world, there's spirit friends there to greet them, to welcome them back to the spirit world. And then, so now they're asking, do they do the same, but in reverse? Do they go with the spirit to send it back? And the spirit's answered. That just depends on the sphere the spirit inhabits. If it belongs to a sphere of which affection, affection reigns, spirit who love it accompany it up to the last moment, encouraging it and quite frequently following it during its lifetime. So again, what they're talking about is the evolution of the spirit. If a spirit is more evolved and they're in a, a sphere, as they're saying, of where affection is more, like there's no hatred, people love each other then spirits who love that spirit are going to 
accompanying it, and they're going to follow them throughout their lives, you know, checking up on them. But if it's less evolved and there's still a lot of hatred, then it might not be best for other spirits with negative vibes to accompany that spirit. Question 343. Are the spirit friends who follow us throughout life those who we sometimes see in our dreams and who show their affection for us even though we do not recognize them physically? And the spirits answered, Quite often, they are. They come to visit you as you would visit a prisoner in jail. So they're saying, so these spirit friends, so they're saying, okay, if you're in a good sphere and you have, you have spirits that love you, they're going to check up on you and they're going to try and help you if they can to get through your obstacles. So they're saying, are these the kind of, like sometimes in dreams you see someone that, okay, they didn't really look like we, like I physically knew them, like their features weren't familiar to me, but you can see that they're really showing a lot of affection. They're really trying to help you. So are these some of your spirit friends? And the spirits answered that, yeah, quite often they are. Just like if you, if some, if you were in jail and they're coming to visit you, that's kind of like the same thing. You're on earth, you're on this jail, and they're just coming to visit you, trying to help you out. And now we're moving on to the next part in this chapter. And now we're going to this part is called the joining of the soul with the body. So we're talking about, so in the previous part, we were talking about right before returning. So now we're talking about, okay, now we're returning and we're joining the soul and the body. And this is all, this topic is also going to get into abortion, which is a very serious topic and controversial in today's society. So we'll see what the spirits have to say on that opinion. Question 344. At what moment does the soul actually join the body? And the spirits answered, The union begins at conception, but it only complete at the moment of birth. From the moment of conception, the spirit designated to inhabit it, to inhabit a given body, is connected to it by a fluidic tide, which gets tighter and tighter to the instant the child is born. A newborn cries announced that it has entered the number of the living and the servants of God. So here what they're saying is that right when, right at conception, the connection begins. But it's not co fully complete yet. It gets stronger and stronger until up until right when the baby is born. So like we were talking before when we were talking about when we were talking about the opposite, when we were talking about death and we were talking about the body and the soul separating. And we said, like, there was, like, little strings with, like, knots in them. So before, when it was the moment of death, they were slowly untying one knot by one until all of them were untied. Well, now we're making these knots. We're forming them. So right at conception, let's say there's one. And then over the next nine months, until the baby is actually born, more and more of these knots, more and more of these connections will be made. Question 345. Is the union between the spirit and the body definitive from the moment of conception? In other words, during this first stage, could the spirit refuse to inhibit the body that it has been designated for it? So, could the spirit... They made 
only one knot, or maybe two, but can they still back out? Can they still say, oh, never mind, I really don't want to do this. And the spirit said, the union is definite in the sense that no other spirit can replace the one who has been designated for that particular body. However, since the ties that bind it are very tenuous and easy to break, they may actually be severed by the will of a spirit who recoils from the trial it has chosen. In that case, the child does not survive. So, what they're saying here is that you can't back out and say, oh, I'm going to back out and someone else is going to take my place. No, once you back out, that's, that's going to be it. But the spirit, if it's really holding a lot of neg negative energy and has no will, no desire at all to continue this trial, they might be able to, especially if the ties aren't strong enough yet and there's not that many, they might be able to simply to break through that because they really, really don't want to continue. So they might be easy to break because it's right in the beginning. So they might break, and this is when some of these cases are when the child doesn't survive, when there's a miscarriage. So some of the cases that we hear about miscarriage, it may be that the spirit backed out. They were too scared and they couldn't do it, so they backed out of it. Question 346. What happens to a spirit if the body it has chosen dies before birth so if so now let's say it wasn't the spirit that backed out but the body that the spirit chose it died before it was being born so what happens and the spirit said it chooses another so so sometimes the miscarriage it isn't the spirit who backed out maybe it was the physical body or something with the mother's body so maybe that physical body didn't survive, something, something happened, some circumstance. So in this case, that spirit will just have to go and choose another one. And then there's a second part to this question, and it says, what could be the usefulness of such premature deaths? So what's the purpose? Why have one body start making and then die? Like, what's the point of it? And the spirit answered, the imperfections of matter are frequently the cause of such deaths. So what they're saying is sometimes it's just about imperfections of matter. Not everything in this matter, especially in our material world, is perfect. So some of these imperfections might mess up and cause these deaths. So this world, of course, that we know, it's not perfect. So there are going to be some imperfections and some little flaws that are going to happen. And this is why this could happen. So that's where we'll leave off today. And we'll continue off talking about this topic next week. But before we leave off, I'd like to read our daily book of positive quotations for today's date, July 25th. Speaking the truth. Truth is always exciting. Speak it. Then, life is dull without it. In our attempts to be polite, we may stifle our best, most heartful ideas and beliefs. We're afraid we might hurt someone else's feeling if we spoke truthfully. But is it possible to be honest without being but it is possible to be honest without being rude or mean? How else do we let others know who we are? How can others let us know who they are? Unless we speak the truth, no bad idea will be challenged, no good idea will be shared. 
Censoring my true thoughts cuts me off from others. I don't need to stifle my ideas. I can express my true self in ways that are not hurtful. I'm Bia, and this is Cardiac Rated for Teens. Thank you all for listening. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.